Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27 reads as follows. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it fell, and great was its fault. I want you to notice two houses going up. One builder went out and looked for rock and built his house on that rock. Another builder found sand. And when he found that sand, instead of him going through the extra effort to, uh, to find rock or digging down deeper to find rock, he built his house on the sand. And something happened. That happens to each and every one of us sooner or later. You go through a storm. When you go through a storm, you got to make sure you build on the right type of foundation. You got to make sure you build on the right type of foundation. But just in case you like me and have messed up a few foundations in the past and built on stuff that wasn't that good, thank God gives God gives you another chance to do it right. Is that right? And this time I'm building the right way. How many agree with me that when you mess up, you thank God he gives you grace to build again. This time I'm building the right way. And Matthew, Jesus opens in Matthew 7 and 24 with a powerful truth regarding those who hears his sayings. And of course, we're talking about hearing because both individuals heard, but not everybody built the same way. Because when it means to hear, they're going to consider and understand and comprehend his teachings or his doctrines, which basically what his sayings is. We really want to know the right way. It suggests we're ready to yield to Jesus' way. We position ourselves in a place we can comprehend and gain understanding of God's word. And the more we know about his written and revealed word, we're better able to discern between that which looks right and from a natural perspective and that which is right from God's perspective. Jesus emphasizes in this text, you notice here on the, on, on the uh, sheet here, Jesus emphasizes in this text the need to not just understand and comprehend the word of God. He also points out the significance of those who does his sayings. The Lord holds us accountable to hearing, not only hearing, but carrying out or producing or performing what he has spoken uh, into our lives. And as believers, if we're going to grow and mature in our decision-making, we must strive to carry out God's word in every area of our life. It might not seem easy or 
Some, it might seem easy at some times and challenging at other times, but we must remain firm and consistent regardless. For example, we have to walk by faith and not by sight. It takes faith to trust God's divine protection, even when it appears in the natural that we're open to what others are open to. Never think that you're like anybody else. Never think that you are like individuals who are in the world. You are a child of the Most High God. And when you are a child of the Most High God, you got certain rights that other people don't have. Mm, that's good to know right there. Why? Because you blood brought. You, Jesus paid the price for you back at the cross at Calvary. I, 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 I listen to some, I, I've listened to worldly people sometimes seem like they got more faith than people in the kingdom of God. I heard worldly people talking about, you know, I'm protected. I, I got, I, I said, Lord, you protected them. If they think they protected, and I know they just cussed uh, and got a, a six pack, then I know I should be protected as a child of the most high God who pray and give and so forth. <laughs> Jesus described believers who hear and do God's word. Now, notice what it is. He compares them to wise men. Wise men, those who are intelligent and prudent. See, a prudent person shows thought and care for the future. And we know that Jesus expresses the importance of being wise when discusses the faithful and wise servant in Matthew 24 and 25. Go to Matthew 24, 25 real quickly. Matthew 24, 25. I'm sorry, Matthew 25, 2 through 4. Matthew 25, 2 through 4. Matthew 25, 2 through 4. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with that lamp. So notice there is a difference between a foolish and a wise individual. And we don't want to be foolish individuals. We want to be wise individuals. But one thing I had to admit, and I'm going to share this with you before I go further, I've been foolish in my time. And I appreciate the fact that God gave me another chance to build again, my brother. I appreciate it because I, I, I wish I built everything right. I wish I'd done everything perfectly. I wish I didn't make any mistakes. But when I look back and I, and I had to evaluate some things in my own personal life, I realized that if God had not given me grace to rebuild again, I would have messed, I messed up some stuff. I appreciate the fact that God gave me another chance to build again. I'm not going to tell you to give your neighbor a high five, but just kind of look around. Thank God for another chance to build again. Thank God for another chance to build again. Now, let's go back over to our text today in Matthew 7 and 26. And I'm going to read to you. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Now, I want to, before I get into this, this individual made a decision to build his house on sand. It's a decision he made. Now, he didn't have to, but he chose to do this. And when you understand something, uh, well, look at me to myself. Let me read this to you. Jesus goes on to describe the person who hears his sins and chooses not to do them. Remember, they choose not to do them. He refers to this individual as foolish. Foolish, void of understanding, empty and useless. One definition that stands out to me, they are godless. 
not showing respect or reverence for God. And, and this is what you need to know. If you find somebody that don't show reverence or respect for God, you, you, you better understand they may not show respect or reverence for you neither. Yeah, you don't never think that everybody, uh, just because they may like you, but they don't reverence God. Oh, they might be talking about you behind your back. Cause God sees everything and knows everything. And, and so they should know that God will know that you are a child of God and He's going to watch over His children. That's why He let no harm or danger come upon you because He knows you. And so people that know you're a child of God, but yet will still put their mouth on you. Oh, no. Mm-mm. No, yeah, you, you understand that. See, in my opinion, a foolish man will continue to make foolish choices even when it comes to long-term investments, such as building a house, a family, a career, a life, and so forth. If you are a good investor, you understand that if you're going to build a house, you need to build with the future in mind. Oh, no, you don't need to build a little, a little something that's going to be uh, only good for a day, but you're thinking about the future when you build. When you build your family and a career and your life, Jesus notes that when we build our lives on here and carrying out his word, we're considered wise men who are building our house on a rock with an eternal future in mind. As we continue to establish and construct, and sometimes we got to repair and restore and continue to grow spiritually in our lives, we need to understand we're not thinking about one day, but we're thinking about weeks and months and years. Because we, what we uh, establish and construct and repair, we want it to last. I don't want to have to go back and fix something over and over again when I could have fixed it right the first time. I don't want to put money in. Sometimes when I'm making decisions, I think about what's going to be the long-term benefit of this. I don't want to get something I got to go back a year or two later and got to repair after I put some good money into it. Listen, we don't want to be a church that continues to build, not thinking about the future, not thinking about what God has in mind for our lives. Now, as we go into today's scripture, Jesus makes another comparative statement regarding different builders. Both houses were built without little or it would seem without little or no problem. When you look at the houses that are built, even the house that were built on sand, I want you to understand something about the house that were built on sand. It actually was built all the way up and it was a house. We don't even know how long it lasted, but when I was studying the text, something came to my parent. Now, remember, we talked about this earlier, and I want to get too much into it, but the rain came down. I believe while they were after they built, it rained on them. The wind blew, and all types of elements came their way. But there's a difference between when they come at a certain way and then when it beats against the light, beats, beats against your life. And we're going to talk about it a little bit later. But see, I don't think that, see, a house on sand can't survive regular rain and regular wind and regular storms. A regular house, excuse me, a, a house built on sand, it can survive some natural things that come their way. And so you would think when you see a house, it has survived a few rains, uh, rain showers, a few wind, a little wind blowing. But baby, when you get a real storm in, in their life, oh, that's when you got to see is it really going to survive. And that's where you see the difference between the, the rock and the sand when it beats against the house. But we'll go back over that a little bit moment. Now, one Builder constructs his house on the rock, and the other builder builds his house on the sand. 
what are we building our house upon? Are we building our spiritual life, our finances, our marriages, our dating, our relationships, our family traditions, our, our, uh, uh, on past experience, worldly perspective, or are we basing upon God's written and revealed word? We always got to ask ourselves the question, when we do things, are we doing it based on natural things are we doing it on the written and revealed word of God. There's a wide and then there's also too when you build a house there is a wide range of building material that looks real and even feels real but it's pseudo. It's not authentic. It's unreal. It's fake. And at times we can develop a false sense of security based on things that are not real. You can put some stuff in your house that looks real but it ain't real. Sometimes people put artificial grass up in their house, artificial flowers. You nothing wrong with artificial flowers, but let me say this to you. Artificial flowers are not real flowers. And you got to know there's a difference between the two. Trials and tribulations have a way of indicating whether a structure will stand in the midst of opposition. And let me say this to you. The right problem will help us to identify what is real and what is not real in our lives. And what I mean by the problem, something that it, you can't solve just like that. A matter of situation regarded as unwelcome or harmful and needing to be dealt with and overcome. That's why while the text does not indicate a time frame for this building project, it does in, indicate in Matthew 7.25 that the, the conditions will come and serve as a means of demonstrating the importance of using the right substance and the right foundation in uh, excuse me, the right foundation to build upon. You need the right foundation when you build your house. You got to make sure that the base for which something is built, the beginnings, the first principle, the system of truth. And I like truth because a, a good house will have good truth in it. A good house, a one that's built on a rock, will have good truth in it. Won't have something that is pseudo. Won't have something that is, won't stand up until the trials and tribulation of life. It won't have that in there. Why? Because it understands that sooner or later, there's a storm going to come. And you notice that there's a storm on the horizon here in the text. And so that's why Paul reminds us in Ephesians 2 and 20 that we must be built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Go with me to the book of Ephesians 2 and 20. The book of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. Having built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So when we say he's the chief cornerstone, he's the foundational stone that joins us together into one body of believers. If you want to build our lives, we want to build our lives the right way, we must hear and apply the teaching of Jesus so that we can establish us and make us known as wise men and women of faith. Now, we see back in this text that there are two types of foundations that we can build upon, which is primarily reflective of the willingness to hear and apply or not apply God's word. Two foundations. One is a rock. The other one is sand. 
one is a rock, the other one. that is unstable and unreliable. Now, it's interesting, even when it's unstable and unreliable, it'll still survive a, a few rainstorms. It'll still survive the wind blowing. It'll still survive, let me tell you something, you can have a raggedy building, but if it don't blow hard enough, it still won't knock it over. Oh, y'all got to get that. Because, see, sometimes we can look at people and we say, you know what, they've been through a couple of things, but they really ain't been through no real things. Because when they go through some real things, you'll find out whether or not they're real or not. Sometimes marriage is to say, oh, you know, we're going to be married and everything going to be wonderful. And all of a sudden they get married for a little while because what? They newlyweds. They've been married for a few months. They ain't been through nothing yet. Let a marriage go through a few things. Let a marriage go through a few major decisions that they have to make. And you see that both both parties on on two sides of the fence and, and both of them are, are real uh adamant about their particular point. Then let's see how good they survive then. Because everything that you see that's built on sand, the the bottom line is they're unstable and they are unreliable. Not like the ones that are built upon the rock. The rock means it's solid, it's secure, it's established, and it is strong. It can survive when the wind gets to blowing and when the storm gets to going. Listen, let me tell you something. The rock can stand no matter what it comes this way. And I appreciate the fact, listen, I appreciate the fact that God loves me enough to put me upon the rock. Tell me, look, look, good God Almighty. Look at somebody who says, I thank God I'm on the rock. I'm on the rock. I'm on the rock. I'm on the rock. Regardless of whether we choose to build our lives on the rock or the sand, we must understand that the same conditions may enter into our lives. The rain, the floods, the winds, and such like. Now, you got to understand that that sooner or later, you're going to have a big wind to come your way. You're going to have some big floods to come your way. And you're going to have some stay, some floods, excuse me, rain, floods, and winds and such like to come your way. In my opinion, the reason that we are seeing such a high level of panic in many structures is because the foundation is built on sand instead of the rock. See, people panic when they build on something unstable and unsecure. They panic. Oh, listen, you know when somebody is stable because they're still talking the word even though despite the circumstances they come their way. they still speak in faith when things are coming their way. They're not talking down and unbelief. And you notice, amen, that sometimes when people are unstable, they start talking down and unbelief even though nothing's happened yet. Nothing has happened yet and they're still talking down and unbelief. So the right material will cause us to stand even when, when things around us are, are crumbling around us. One house was built. Let's go to Matthew 7, 26. I want to look at this scripture again. Matthew 7 and 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine now, and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. One house that was built was built on sand. Now, I thought about this. It was built on something that was unreliable, something that was unstable. But the person who built it chose to build it that way. 
It wasn't nothing that the devil, listen, you don't even read the devil made this person build it on the sand. It was the individual themselves. And because why? They understood what they were doing when they built. How you know, Pastor Don? Because the Bible tells us clear. They hear the word of God. They hear it. That means they understand it. They knew what they were, uh, they knew what the choice should be, but they chose something different. Oh, you got to hear what the scripture's saying. But everyone who hears these sayings of who? Mine. The sayings are the teachings, the doctrines, and the instructions that come from the Lord. They hear it. They understand it. They know what God is saying, but yet they choose to go another way. Because why? Something's wrong in their heart. Their choices are bad. That's what the Bible calls them a foolish individual. He calls them, notice what he says here, and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his. Notice, they're foolish and they still built their house on sand. The devil didn't make them do it. They couldn't talk about, dude, the ta. No, the devil had nothing to do with that. That was you that built that house on sand. Hey, before I get mad with him and, and talk about him, what about the number of times we built our house on sand? Something unstable, something unreliable. We trust in a job. We trust in a business. We trust in our own way of doing things. We trust in our finances. And, and soon, when a storm came, we found out it was unreliable. People were unreliable. Business was unreliable. Things were unreliable. Listen, you ain't lived long enough till you have trusted in something that is unreliable. I've been guilty of this, my brother. I have trusted in stuff that is unreliable. And then tried to rebuke the devil because I, I thought the devil did it. The devil didn't have nothing to do with that. The devil like, whoa, thank you. I didn't know, I didn't even know I was doing something. Let me jump in here and get and, and mess it up a little bit more. Because he didn't know because I chose to do it myself. So I can't get mad at this brother. But I had to realize I had to repent. I got to get this thing right. Notice he says, the reason that our Lord declared this one as a problem, and notice how he said, I liken him to a person who I liken, compare, I illustrate that he hears, he considers what's been said. Not only that, he understands what's been said. He under, he comprehends what's be, what, what the sayings, the ideas, the thoughts, the conceptions, the doctrines and teachings of Jesus and does not do them. He knows what to do, but chooses not to do, not to construct them, not to prepare them, not to produce what the word has been sent for. Just like you hear on a Sunday morning and I, I'm instructing you to operate in faith and not in fear, you've got a choice to make this morning. You can either choose to operate in faith, trusting and believing God, or you can go back to the world's way of doing it. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a fine line between those who operate in faith and those who operate in fear. I'll tell you that, but I choose to operate in faith. Mm-hmm. See, let me say this to you. The word sent into our lives has the power, the power to produce bigger and better in our lives. Oh, when God says better is here, better is coming. How can better be when we see the world panicking? Because this is where the, the saints rise up, amen, and be who God has called for them to be. Everybody else has got uh, anger and anxiety going on, but we walk around in peace. 
walking around in the store, grabbing our toilet paper in peace, grabbing our paper towels in peace, grabbing our bacon in peace, grabbing our juice in peace. They ain't got none. I still got peace. I ain't going to fight you over no paper towels not being in the store. Saints ain't got no business going in the store acting like God can't supply our need because they ain't got any one store. God got plenty of stores out here, God. We ain't got no business panicking like the world does. We're children of the most high God. If God, when did God stop supplying needs because of some type of disease or pestilence that's in the land? When did God stop supplying our healing, our deliverance, and our prosperity because there's something going on in the land? When did God stop doing it? I need to know who is Lord. Is it Jesus or is it? Now, I'm going to say it. Use wisdom. Don't you, don't you bow down to fear, though. Don't you bow down to fear. Don't you bow down to fear. Oh, I got to go. Ah, ah. No. Not saints of God. Not saints of God. Now, let me go a little further. Matthew 7, 26, the class of the person who hears the word but does not follow the written and revealed word of God considered foolish, ungodly, not showing respect or reverence for God. See, when a person is foolish, they have a heart issue, heart problem. Their choices, their understanding, their thinking, and their will is not according to God. Go to Psalms 14, verse 1. Psalms 14, verse 1. Psalms 14, verse 1. I know you probably read that, but give me just a moment. I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Psalms 14, verse 1. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done a bottom of words. There is none who does good. The first part of that, their choices. See, you make you can make a choice like there is no God. You can make a choice like there. You can have an understanding like God is not who He said He is. You can make a choice like like the world has more power than God. You can make a choice like God, like your prayers are not being answered. You can make a choice like that. Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. Or you can make a choice like what's out there is greater than what God is. The God that's in me. You can make a choice like that. And this is reflected, reflective of our choices. I want you to notice something in this text. Matthew 7 and 26. Why you spend so much time on this one, Pastor Because you need to understand, if you can get this one, understand this and not do this one, you ain't got no problem. You'll see the importance of building on the rock. You will see the importance of building on the rock. I want you to notice in verse 27, Matthew 7, 27. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew. Now, when I looked at this, I was thinking, this was the first time a rain happened. First time a flood came. First time the wind blew. But that one, that's not the case. Because you see, we think about now when we build a house, uh, it may take months. But then it may take years to build a house. It took time to build a house. I believe it, the wind blew some more, blew some, it rained some, and a flood might have came. 
But the difference in this one is it beat on that house. I want you to notice the difference there. Because if you understand, it, let me tell you something. I mean, no, it's raining outside right now, right? Or it might be or might not. I don't know. It, it was raining early. I know that, right? Uh, it rained. But it, it, wasn't, it wasn't no beating rain. Cause I have, listen, we've had rains here at this church right here. Where we had, somebody had to hold the door when they opened it because it was just blowing so hard. That's, that's something right there. I mean, so, you ever been in the house, you heard the wind blow, being be against your house? Is that the only time it blew? No. It just, you heard it because it was beating against your house. And then, uh, we've had floods, uh, down in my neighborhood. Well, not exactly in my, well, it was my, our neighborhood right behind our house where the water got so high, you could see it crusting above where the creek, creek bed is. It just got over, overflow. But it didn't come to my house. This is different right here. This wind beat against the house. This, so let me look at the text. The rain, the floods, and the wind that blew, they beat on this house. Beat means it rushed upon them. It came upon them. I like the definition. It goes heavy against it. It went heavy against it. This particular, these elements, it beat against that house. I don't know if I can give you an example of it, man. But, I mean, it was beaten. It was beaten. And I can't even do it just because that's like trying to imitate what God is beating against somebody's life. Sometimes, and this is what you need to understand, they may have survived some of the elements. They probably survived the elements in the past, so they figured this would be the same. This time, but the elements, they beat against the house this time. Sometimes you're going to have a problem. You're going to have a situation. You're going to have something in your life that's going to beat against your what you built. And we're going to see what it was built upon. Was it built upon the rock or was it built on sand? Because it beat against the house. It beat against your family. It beat against your finances. It beat against your body. It beat against your church. It beat against your wealth. So you ain't live long enough till you've seen the elements of life beat against your situation. Something that you build. Something that you had in mind. That idea you had, but the elements don't beat against it. You got the house going. You think you're all right because you this, that, and the other. But all of a sudden, does the elements start to beat against your marriage? The elements can begin to beat against your child. The elements can get beat against your mind, the way you think, the way you talk, the way you act. The elements, life gets to beat against you. Where will you be able to stand? And, and again, brother, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be tra- transparent with self. You're in the sanctuary, and I pray that you hear what I'm saying. I have been in a situation where I thought I had the structure together, but the elements were so strong that it caused me to repair. Because when it beat against it, I thought I was on the rock, but I, I, I might have been parsed on the rock, but not all the way on the rock. And see, when this storm comes, you can't be parsed on the rock. You got to be all the way. 
scripture says this, you need a lukewarm, you're, you're lukewarm, you need a hot, you need a cold, so I'm going to spill you out of my mouth. You got to be all the way with God. And, and God will allow you to go through tests to see whether or not you're all the way with him. Job went through a horrendous test. But you know what Job found out? He was built upon the rock. He went through her term, her horrendous test. Peter thought he was built upon the rock. But you know what happened? Peter got in the midst of that crowd. And the, and the last temptation, the Bible says he started cussing. Oh, he, he, he was on sand then, y'all. That brother was unstable. Well, y'all follow me here? But you know one thing about Peter? Peter repented and got back on the rock. Ooh, somebody say, thank God for Peter. Ooh, hallelujah. That same Peter that cut the, uh, the soldier's ear off, it's the same Peter that had to repent and preach on the day of Pentecost. So ne- don't never think, because you be wrong, God can't restore you back to where you need to be at to fulfill your purpose and your destiny in his plan. He can do it. Oh, thank God. Somebody say, thank God he can do it. It beat upon him. And you know when it beat upon him? Oh, when it beat upon him, the Bible says this. How it failed. Fall means to descend it from a higher place to a lower place. This definition really caught me. To be cast down from a state of peace and prosperity. They had peace they had prosperity, but it was cast down. That's a fall right there. Because if I, if I ever get to a place of peace and prosperity, I don't want to be. Don't, don't take me from there, God. Don't take me from peace and prosperity. But this is what the scripture says. It was a fall. And not only did he call it a fall, he called it a great fall. A great fall. And he said, great, a large and numerous and abundant fall, a downfall. This was not a regular fall, but because of where they were at, because of, oh, I hear you, Lord. I, I never saw, I didn't see that, God. Thank you for sharing that with us this morning. They had built to a place where they had peace and prosperity, but it wasn't built upon God. It's like you've been given, but you ain't been given God what you know he deserves. You know you're supposed to be giving God his tithes and his offering, but yeah, you just give God a 20 and think that he don't notice it. You just be giving God a 50 when you should be giving him 500. And God is saying, watch it now, because you're building upon yourself. As soon as that storm comes, you'll go from a place of where everything is going okay to a fall. And it's going to be a great fall. The Bible says cause it, it's a downfall. It's not going to be like, boom, here, it's going to be a downfall. They're going to be going down. Why is he just going down? Because he give me a chance to repent and get it right. God could, God, God could just wipe you out if he wanted to. You know that, right? You, you, who do you think you're talking to? You, you ain't talking about no ordinary God. You're talking about the king of kings and lords of law. You're talking about the one who has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. That's who you're talking about. And you think that God, don't, if, if he wanted you, but God gives you time. To get things right. He hoped you see yourself going down and saying, Lord, save me. Help me, God. 
I need you, God. Lord, I'm messing this thing up right here. Lord, give me an opportunity to repent and get that thing right. Boy, I'll tell you, I appreciate the fact that God gave us a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and hire me times another chance to get it right before he stops his mercy and his grace. They had a great fall, according to Matthew 7, 27. But the good news of the gospel, and because of God's grace, I can repent and rebuild my house the right way. Woo-wee. Thank you, Lord. I can, re- I can repent for messing up my marriage. I can repent for messing up my single life. I can repent for messing up my prayer life. I can repent for messing up my relationship with you, God. I can repent because of God's grace. He showed me my downfall. He showed me I was building on unstable, unreliable structure. And now I got a chance to get things right. I can rebuild my house now the right way. I mean, appreciate the fact that, I mean, I mean, I know I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one that has messed stuff up and God gave you another chance to build it the right way now. Am I the only one? Am I the only one that has messed up? Oh, 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 I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I know, see, I, all the ones that raised their hand probably perfect. Got everything together, doing it the right way. But for the rest of us, we thank God for his mercy and his grace. That's why First John 1 and 9 is so important. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we admit our guilt, declare what we were accused of, not to the nine. It's amazing. I watch the cop shows and a lot of folks, when they get caught, I ain't got nothing. I ain't got, got it in their left pocket. Be bulging out. Big old, big old, big old finger, a rock. I ain't talking about the rock of Jesus need. I'm talking about crack. <laughs> Be sitting in their left front pocket. And I ain't got nothing. They say, if you just go ahead and admit it, I, I promise you, I'll be more merciful on you. Sometimes people, they smell in the car. You got anything in the car? I ain't got nothing in the car. <laughs> they smell it. Cause you know, weed, you could be in two cars down and smell weed coming out of somebody's car. I'm sorry. That's too, that's too, they, I'm sorry. That's too, y'all know. <laughs> Some of y'all wrote, some, I had been in my neighborhood in my front yard, went out the door, and I, uh, to the mailbox to the trash can. I said, somebody's smoking weed <laughs> in the neighborhood. Yeah, you're there? Yeah, my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, smoke weed. I don't know who it is. I can't, I can't see them. I look around. I don't see nobody, but I sure do smell the weed. Pastor, how you know what weed smell like? Well, that's, that's another. <laughs> But when you confess what you've done, God will help you. God will help you. That's what you're looking for. God just wants you to be clean. Like Senior Minister Smith talked about the other night. Created me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. God, just confess it. Ain't like God see the weed anyway. He saw you when you bought it. He saw when you lit it up. He saw it when you rolled it. He saw everything about it. And now you're trying to, oh, Lord, let me get out of that. In other words, we have, we, when we're building a material that's unreliable and insecure with a crap foundation, Jesus is faithful to forgive us. We have an opportunity to rebuild. This time, we're going to rebuild the right 
way. We must take the first step and admit that we, when we're built on the sand, which is unstable and reliable, when we build on the rock, it is solid, secure, established, and strong. God's faithfulness and justification is waiting to forgive us and cleanse us, our thinking, our talking, and our actions that were leading us to a great fall. It was leading to a great fall. But God gave us another chance. God gave us another chance. How many appreciate the fact that God gave you another chance? I am just so grateful. Now, I know some people in the sanctuary say, Pastor Dodds, I ain't never messed up. And I, I, I can't relate to you. I'm promised. I'm sorry. I love you. And I pray that everything go wonderful in your life. But I'm just so grateful for another chance to rebuild. To rebuild, to repair some things, to get some things right, to straighten out my prayer life, to straighten out my giving, to straighten out my fasting, to straighten out my love for my brother and my sister. Lord, to not to be despitefully using somebody like I used to manipulate and go forth and so forth and so on. I appreciate the fact that God gave us another chance. Ooh, I, I just need to see a one or two hands. How many thank God for another chance? Is there, how many thank God for another chance? So this time when we rebuild, you know, it's on your notes. We will be like the wise man in Matthew 7 and 24. The wise man was intelligent. He was prudent. He was mindful of one's interests. Notice what he says in Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken to him a wise man, notice this, who built his house on the rock. He built his house on the rock. He, he hears the word of God and applies it in every area of their life. They're going to think, talk, and act more like Jesus. And what's that rock? The revelation of Jesus Christ will keep us, that's the revelation, or the rock, will keep us when the storms of life are raging against us. The revelation is the supernatural insight, the illumination of Scripture, the revelation of Scripture. He is our rock and does not waver in the midst of any storm. You know when that's when the storm comes? And this we understand, both the house made on sand and the house made on the rock, they both stood during the storm. But when the storm picked up to another level and began to beat against that house, and I can't really do it justice like it beat. How many have been in a house, uh, this, this think for a moment, however, you, you ain't got to go too far back, but how many have ever been in a house and you, in your mind, you knew a tornado had to be around your house? Just, it, the wind blowing that hard right there. But how many pray and say, Lord, thank you so much, Jesus, because I can't run, I run no tornado and anything like that. I need for God to give me grace as I sit in this house. And God, when the storm beats against the house, this is what you need to know. This type of storm, if you build on something unstable, it won't stand. But if you build on something solid like the revelation, the illumination of the scriptures, you're going to stand when the storms of life come. And what's happening, look, now watch this clearly. What's happening is, what's standing is the word in you, not you. Mm, mm, mm. Well, hear what I'm saying. 
Hear what I'm saying? It's not you standing. It's the word in you. Let me give you scripture to back that up. Greater is he that is in you than the storm that is in the world. So when the enemy brings the storm, brings the doubt, brings the unbelief, brings the pessimism, brings the lies, brings the uh, uh, anxiety, you are greater and you don't realize why you stand there. That's why he, oh, I got another scripture for you. That's why he said you got peace that passes all understanding. I got peace in the middle of what I'm dealing with right now. I got peace in the middle of what I'm going through right now. Peace represents what? Prosperity. Ooh-wee. That's why I'm prospering. Listen, in the midst of when there's chaos around me, I'm walking around in peace. I'm walking around in prosperity. I'm looking for some great deals coming my way. I'm looking for bigger coming my way. I'm looking for better coming my way. I'm looking for righteousness coming my way. I'm looking for somebody to say, because you got peace. Oh, I'm going to bless you because you got peace. You ever notice that God will bless folks they got peace in the middle of a storm? That's why people going to call you around. Let me give you a quick example. I'm, I'm almost done, but let me, give you, let me give you this quick example. This is natural. This happened to me. I ain't got to go to Bible find this because this has happened to me. When I worked with the banking industry, some of you know I worked there for years before I came full-time ministry, there would be times where stuff would happen at the bank. Now, I'll be honest with you. I would have panicked too because this is the time they had postal shootings, people robbing banks and so forth. They realized that banks don't carry a lot of money. You know, that's just the ignorance of folks or something. Um, you know, it's electronic these days. It was electronic back then. So they would say, uh, we have prayer. You can always tell the urgency of prayer by who calls the prayer. Y'all ain't quite get that yet. Because unbelievers will call you prayer when stuff is going <laughs> on. Folks that don't hardly go to church, they didn't go to church Sunday. They say, hey, dog, we got to pray today because I'm telling you, this stuff went on the other day, and I got to be praying. They ain't been in church in a whole month. <laughs> but they'll call you to pray. And so we got in a position where I'm not going to call nobody else, so don't worry about that. We join hands and we pray. And I remember um, certain times we would pray because certain people, family members, were being challenged. And they said, dogs, I need for you to pray. Now, what did they see? They saw the Jesus in me. Because really, on the, out, on the inwardly, I was panicking with the rest of them. I'm looking at folks come through the door, too. They got something on their side. Because I'm going through the side, right here, go around the corner. Ain't, ain't no hero up in here. Oh, y'all, y'all play that. Yeah, yeah. Ain't no heroes up in here. <laughs> so I'm thinking how, my skate route like everybody else, right? Well, I'm going down, and then I'm crawling, right? I'm down and crawling. I'm down and crawling. Well, I'm thinking my skate route. But what they saw was they saw the peace of Jesus in me. And so they asked me to pray it while they were going through a trial. Family member sick. Concerned about the job. Worried about how who's going to be laid off. The number of things that went on in people's lives. They saw peace, but in the middle, they didn't see my peace. They saw his peace. Y'all see the difference there. If, if they lose for my peace, I've been panicked with the rest of them. Let's be let's real talk, real talk. Oh, y'all don't panic. You're good. Y'all, y'all better say now. But they saw the peace of Jesus. The peace of Jesus passes every natural 
understanding. All right, y'all follow me here? Well, when people see that you build on the right foundation, they will see in the midst of storms while everybody else is falling around you, you're going to be able to stand in the midst of the storm. They're going to be able to see the difference between the person built on the sand and the person built on the rock. Even quote-unquote people that are in church, they'll be able to see the difference between those built on sand and those built on the rock. They're going to be able to see the difference. That's how since we are founded on this rock, our foundation is sure. As we follow our omniscient God, we'll continue to stand even when organizations, governments, people and places appear to fall all around us. And as we do what the word says, as we do as the omniscient God, all the all-knowing God tells us and we follow him when everybody else. Okay, Lord, I'm sorry. I was about to go further, but I heard something here. Even in the midst of repairs, we still need to follow the all-knowing God. When God has to repair us, when we have to repent of certain things we've done and didn't do, we still have to ask God. To repair us the right way. So in turn, we can rebuild. Let me tell you something. You can mess something up trying to repair it if you don't know what you're doing. Go get me to fix your air conditioner. Or your heater. Or change your transmission out. You're going to have trouble. Oh, Pastor Bob, you can do it. I I can lay hands to hearing Jesus come back. It will not be the same. You need to go ahead and get somebody that knows what they're doing. Let me say this to you. The all-knowing God, he knows what he's doing, how to fix your life. He knows how to fix your life. He knows how to fix your relationships. He knows how to fix your family. He knows how to fix you. Did I say, do you know how to fix you? Did, did I tell you that he knows how to fix you too? He knows how to fix you. He knows how to repair you, construct you, establish you, and to make you who he wants you to be. And as we do this, and as we hear the word of God and apply it, as we follow the omniscient God to build a house on the rock or the revealed word of God, which gives us the victory to overcome the world. First John 5 and 4. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Faith is trust, confidence, assurance, belief, conviction in the written and the revealed word of God. And if anything we need, if anything we're going to build on today is First John 5 and 4, is our trust, our confidence, our assurance, our belief, our conviction in the written and revealed word of God. We will not operate in fear, but we will operate in faith. Amen? I'm done. Stand to your feet. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.